Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that won its office pool in how long it would take Ray Rice to, or Ray Lewis to say something stupid on ESPN. <laughs> we did. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I I nailed it. Like I I said, uh, you know, probably a little over a year, and uh, nobody else in the in the in the pool had that. So. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I can only pay attention to like one or two football players let's, doing crazy listen, things at a time. And listen, my cue Dylan, is all filled up. Dylan, there's some things you you can cover up, and some things you can't. And the things you can cover up are things like murder, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> and using deer antler spray. You know, in your last season because the league didn't t- test for HCH. I. You I can't cover a video once it's on TMZ. But now, now, deer antler spray is primarily used to you spray yourself to attract deer onto the field while you're playing, thereby creating a distraction, which you can then you can uh, gain an opportunity through. Is that am I am I close? Yeah, roughly. Roughly. Okay. Okay. That's that's um, what I thought. I, I don't know what other possible use there could be. I, I I don't understand how a game about uh, tripping people up and uh, throwing to them to the ground could ever ever end up with violent uh, violent people playing it. That you know, I just doesn't really make sense. That. No, okay, I, it's, it's weird. You know, like um, you know, it, sh- it should be producing like the next Gandhi or something. You know, because I would think so. I mean, it's all about fair play and teamwork. And it that is was, all about that was Gandhi. Teamwork. There is nothing more. Um, football is 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 one of America's main sports, and uh, there's nothing more American than uh, teamwork and fair play and gun violence. There, there is literally no. Why ever would you think that gun violence? Um, no, why but, ever would you think that? You 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 understand? We we Americans believe that that. The, the right to, to bear arms comes with responsibilities. It's crazy. Yeah, like like trimming your bear claws. <laughs> that's that's your cue to open wow. up the window, Charlie, so we can hear uh, hear the crickets <laughs> that's at your window. Uh, quick roll call. Uh, I am John, celebutant, and uh, minor internet personality. Um, we're joined by uh, by Charlie, who's got crickets outside of his window. True, not the crotch variety like usual. No, no, and and Dylan, Dylan, say something with I got nothing. All right, off to a great start. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the uh, 3DS Smash demo dropped in the U.S. Finally, a lot of people have been you know s- sending and selling codes and soliciting for codes and. You know, we'll have oral sex, you know, for 3DS smash codes. Uh, I didn't do any of that. I just waited for it to, to drop on the, on the e-store. Um, Dylan, have Patience you played it? Patience is a virtue. Um, I actually, yeah, I have. Um, you know, it's funny because people kept saying, Oh, don't, don't start out playing Mega Man. He's, he's complicated. What the fuck is complicated about playing as Mega Man? He plays exactly the fucking way you would expect him to. <laughs> he's, well, Yes and no. Like he, he does play exactly how you would expect. Um, it's a little weird using controls that are kind of like made for more melee classes to fire. So you kind of have to wrap your head around that. 
But on the well, other I mean, hand, like, he Fog- has a pretty Fox and Falco had, you know, had like the blasters and stuff. So it's not it's not that, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, of. honestly, I, I never really played as them. So it's, it's for true, someone who has yeah. not played as that that sort of character. Um, it has a bit of a learning curve, I get, I guess. But it also has like. You're right, like his hitboxes are exactly where you would expect them to be when he charges up and fires. So, yeah, you kind of, um, it's actually, I found it easier because I had such a wide range. Hmm. Uh, was it wasn't like Villager, which is extremely short range smash attacks. Uh, the, the Animal Crossing Villager is a little bit weird to play, um, Mainly because one of its specials is the one where you plant the seed for the tree, then you water the tree and it grows, and then you cut down the tree. And those are three separate attacks. And they take a long time. They're like, you know, it's... Villager seems like the kind of character that's great if you're playing in like a three or four player match, but if you're doing like the tournament style one-on-one, I don't know if it'll be very good. It might be, but, you know, I don't I don't know much about, you know, competitive Smash, honestly, but... um it definitely seems like the kind of character because the characters that tend to have those really slow attacks tend to do a lot better in like settings where nobody's focusing on one person in particular. But yeah, that's I just, see that's that. just I, my I think I... Go ahead. I remember seeing the tree appear, but I never figured out what was going on there. Yeah, it's 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 like a three stage attack. The first one you plant, the second one you water and it grows, and the third one you cut it down. Hmm. And apparently it'll it'll do pretty good damage, you know, if their if their damage percentage is high enough. But yeah, I just you know ran around you know riding gyroids and doing dumb shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know why uh, Animal Crossing characters are are interesting in that game, but the the final smash. Have you seen the final smash for the villager, Dylan? He spawns a bunch of. Oh wait, are you talking about like when you break the smash ball? Yeah, yeah, and you use the attack. Um, he, su- he yes, summons he spawns Tom a Nook. Bunch of Tom Nooks. Yeah, he summons Tom Nook and his kids, and they build a house. <laughs> and then, the, and then the house hey. explodes. And I'm positive that whoever gets hit, uh, hit by has to pay for it later. That you know, I I, I see a lawsuit there because that is some shoddy construction. Listen, man, you don't want to fuck with Tom Nook. I've heard that, but 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 that that aside, he is above the law. He is apparently the, he is the law. He is the law. <laughs> he can so, make exploding houses, and and you can't do shit about it. Apparently, yep. Oh, you know, I, I I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Only use contractors that are fully licensed and bonded by the state and insured. True, and not raccoons. I and not again, raccoons. I I think Tom Nook may be the state. <laughs> That's also true. He is an evil, maniacal despot who controls everything. He is. There, there is. Wrong. There is there's a apparent, mayor, but he's a there's an apparent mayor. Yeah, he's he's a puppet. He's a puppet to the special interest yeah, like, that group that is Tom Nook. He probably owes Tom Nook a lot of money. Oh, I bet he, Tom Nook is probably how he got elected. Probably. Tom Nook Tom has Nook some is, some compromising photography. Of the Tom Nook is like the communist dictator of, um, of Animal Crossing. I don't know. I almost see him more like the guy from Needful Things. Like he's really just the devil. 
He'll get you if you need something. He can he can get it for you, but but you will pay with your soul. Oh man, uh, he he seems to prefer money. He he seems to prefer well, breaking now. you by unending work. Yeah, but what what happens when the money's all gone? Exactly, souls. souls. Oh, okay. I'm. Played, I think I played we, way we, more, we way more Animal Crossing than than I ever should have. <laughs> Yeah, played some. I no, I mean it's, I played. Okay, it's fun with other people, but it is a treadmill. Yeah, um, just like that. That's it. I actually. <laughs> that's I, that, I like where I like where you went with that. That's good. <laughs> that said, I actually did enjoy the Smash demo on 3DS more than I thought. I oh yeah, kind of want to wait till it comes out on Wii U. Um, I don't see myself playing a lot of. Um, handheld just because one it seems like it'd be really tough to use um, the 3DS controller and, I, and again I say that as someone who started out not really great at Smash although I did it felt like it was easier to do Smash moves than I remember but I may be wrong um, but it actually turned out better than I thought oh yeah it was it was um, definitely more impressive but... than I thought on, on handheld I'm kind of I'm kind of tempted to go ahead and get the 3DS version, especially if I'm not going to get a, a Wii U for a little while uh, longer yet, because uh, you know yeah. you can apparently connect uh, the 3DS version to the Wii U version, so that's cool. Hmm. And I'm sure there's yeah, going to be all explain. kinds. Of... Well, I know that they're going to do some kind of like leveling system, although I'm sure that won't be you know yeah. like a, a tournament legal kind of thing, but. You know, as far as just for casual play, they're going to do some sort of leveling system. I think the Amiibos figure into that as well. So, huh. so you know, you can level up a character on your 3DS version, bring it over to the Wii U version and, and play with that. Oh, I, I don't know if you'll be able to use use the 3DS as a controller, but that would be a pretty cool addition as well. Hmm. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Like, I, I think the 3DS is definitely for people who are more hardcore. And again, I... I tend to play Smash as something you get a, a bunch of people together and you play locally. Yeah. No. Not like the thing I'm just constantly playing online because, you know, I have to get my ranking up or, or whatever. Um, the funny thing I notice about the 3DS demo is on the bottom of the screen, and I've not seen another 3DS game do it, do this, but it has the battery indicator and the clock as part of its normal UI. Like they intend, they expect that if you're playing this, you're just going to be sitting there for hours and hours and completely forget that, you know, uh, completely forget how fast the battery runs down. I I find that useful though, because you know, May, you maybe it's just because I just got my 3DS recently. Maybe I'm just you know stupid when it comes to the system. But I don't ever n- know how to easily get to, um, you know, the battery power and and the and the clock. You know, it's not it's not the same as uh, you know, doing it on like the PS3 where you just hit the PlayStation button and boom, there it is. I can see what my you know controller battery life and what the time is, but. We can hmm. actually just hit home and and you'll get it. True, but that that but, you know. But it, yeah, it's a little, it's a little Again, bit. Again, I'm guessing, 
I'm guessing what this is for is for people who are just like marathon sessioning this the game, mm. um, which is kind of funny. Like they they just they know what the target audience is. It was weirdly addictive just playing the demo like with nobody else and only five characters and three of them were repeats I didn't care about. So yeah, I kept finding myself going back to um, I played Mega Man a lot. I played Mario a little bit, and then I tend to stick to Link because he's one of the few people I played with. Like, if it was Luigi instead of Mario, I might be a little more familiar. But it was just funny that Mega Man was good, but I actually, you know, don't mind the going back to the old characters. I played with everyone at least once to kind of see if they felt different in any, you know, like, meaningful way, but Mega Man was far and away the one I played the most as. Mm. Just, yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was more fun. Um, I did like, I, I tended to switch between Link and Mega Man. Um, like I said, it's, it remains to be seen, but then like the, the villager is kind of one of those characters that, um, and I guess, this seems to be true of like Game and Watch and, and some of the other quirkier characters. They just take a little more work to figure out because they're not obvious combat, you know, centric characters. Mm. And uh, making the seamless transition to an actual fighting game, Capcom made a surprising announcement uh, this past week. They are doing a new uh, free DLC for Ultra Street Fighter 4 called. Um, Omega edition. And, mm-hmm. you know, at first, you know, you're like, oh, they're just, you know, they're doing another patch, you know, and they said it was going to be free. So I'm like, okay, whatever, it's free. I, you know, I don't really care. And then they started showing, uh, gameplay footage and it looks like they went full retard mode. <laughs> um, okay. well, okay. I, I think the, the best way to try and explain this is there was a pirated, version of Street Fighter 2 that made the rounds in arcades. And I don't know if it was pirated or just weird or what it was. There's a, a version that made its way around in arcades. Uh, we had one in Oneida growing up. And it was called Rainbow Edition. And it had all kinds of weird stuff. Like you could throw multiple fireballs at once. Um, you could change characters in the middle of a match by hitting the start button. It was just really weird. Huh. Um, and this isn't that. But... It seems like in this version, it's not, you know, it's, it's separate from, you know, like the, the, the tournament standard version, but they just did weird stuff with the characters. Like they made them move super fast. So they gave them weird moves, um, that they wouldn't normally have. They, they basically just said, okay, what can we do to make everyone overpowered? Huh? Like we're just going to make the best version of every character and just, you know, not care about balancing it. We're just going to do fun stuff with all the different characters. That's interesting. But it's, it's something you can turn on and off. I'm oh, yeah. It's, so it's, that... it's just something that's available through uh, a, a feature that they have called Edition Select, where, you know, Street Fighter 4 has been out since, in Japanese arcades, it came out in 2008. It's been on console since 2009. So it's it's been out for five years. There's been a bunch of different versions. Mm-hmm. And they have something in there right now called Edition Select, where you can pick different versions of the characters because some characters were better in some versions than in others. And you can kind of fight, you know, cross 
versions that way. Um, and, and Omega is going to be an addition to that. Ah. So hmm. it's, it's, you know, they, it, I, I, I guess, I guess, you know, full retard mode wouldn't fly. So <laughs> I might be more apt to play that version. Oh, well, if it were called full retard mode. Well, I, I, I'm just saying it's probably not going to fly. You're probably right. Oh. It's probably, probably in poor taste. Um, yes. <laughs> I should probably be ashamed of saying it, but, you know. Let's all be ashamed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of shame, uh, Dylan, uh, <laughs> did, did you want to, uh, to move on to your next, uh, Cards Against Humanity rant? Speaking of shame. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call these rants because, again, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just, uh. You're saying it's the downfall of Western civilization. That's fine. You can have an opinion. No, that's that's not. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> that, <is> Mike. that uh, <laughs> it should be. I, I feel like it is a game that has People gained a lot play. of popularity and could be not not that it's a bad game, but it could uh, its popularity could be used to help branch people branch out further into the world of tabletop gaming. Um, and, and again, mainly, I think this is uh, this is the case because it's a social game in that it is fundamentally about interaction as opposed to outthinking other players or building complex engines or things like that. Mm. Um, it's a casual game. Um, it plays very quickly. There aren't a lot of um, consequences. Uh, long-term or, or serious consequences in terms of uh, like, gameplay. Like nobody's going to jail. For, for well, no, what I mean is it's it's not like playing Dominion where if you don't understand the game at first, you know, it's going to take an hour to get through that first hand and you're going to make decisions that are going to make it painful later on. Um, it's not a game that requires, there's not like a, a lot of time between when you make a decision and when you uh, see the feedback from that decision and it's not a game where um, the, you know, has long rounds or long games where you're saddled with, you know, bad newbie decisions you've made early on. Um, it's also a funny game, which is, is not necessarily the case with um, every game out there. Um, I would, call that a subset of social games, I suppose. Um, but basically, the, the point of this series, I guess, is to have people, you know, if you can identify why a group likes to play, you know, whether it's the social element, where, whether it's the casual element, um, whether it's the humor element, you can find other games to maybe broaden their horizons and... Um, add some variety. So it's not just the same thing every time obsessed with one game. Mm. So in this segment, I want to talk about, um, social games. Um, again, like if, if your friends like the sort of interaction, um, the fact that cards against humanity is about interaction, you might want to introduce them to games that rely heavily on social mechanics um, and again, if you go to uh, random.dylanwolf.com, I've, I've blogged all these uh, entries so that 
uh, you can kind of read through them. Um, if you're talking about social games, I guess the, the most obvious uh, mention is Werewolf. Um, mm. It enjoyed a lot of con popularity before Cards Against Humanity, and it still does. Um, it's, it's social, but it's not social in the same way. Um, it's also a really good game, kind of like with Cards Against Humanity, for any size group. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> We're scratching. Sorry, had to adjust the mic. Um, we can cut that out, right? <laughs> no. We can. Um, no, no. We won't. We can't. Um, no, um, Werewolf is, is good for large groups. It's good for small groups. It's extremely unstructured for small to medium sized groups, but it, it'll still play. Um, so that's its main advantage. Um, I think it's also, it's a game that requires a moderator. So just like Cards Against Humanity, people play for the experience of, you know, getting in that zone where you're making these jokes and it's just kind of this constant back and forth. Um, it's definitely a game that really thrives if you've got a moderator that, that is kind of, um, you know, uh, egging the crowd on mm. instead of just making sure that they follow the procedure. Um Arguably, though, my, my issue with with Werewolf, and again, for me to say that is probably, uh, can could be interpreted as, oh, well, it's popular, so you hate it. Uh, <laughs> one of my issues with, with Werewolf is that it, it's really unstructured. Um, I know a lot of groups that if you play, if you play with a particular group of people, you'll have... You know, one particular character, uh, one particular player get killed every time, or, you know, it's, it's just completely random because it starts with, uh, players getting randomly killed. Mm-hmm. Um, my answer to that is, would be, uh, the resistance. It's probably my favorite mid-sized group, and by that I mean five to ten people, uh, game. It plays a lot like Werewolf, but it requires players to figure out who the traitors are, um, based on um, a mission selection system, a, a team selection system for each mission. So there's actually structure that you can base those accusations on, whereas Werewolf just ends up, you know, we're going to kill this guy because it's funny. Because he's Charlie. Um, sometimes. Because, yeah. Sometimes. Because that's what we do. Um, it is much more about bluffing and deduction so when I list those sort of games under social games, they're not the easiest mode of interaction for many people. And, and that, that includes me. Um, but again, it's social interaction as a primary game mechanic. Um, even, you know, it's just a different sort of interaction. Hmm. Um, if you like those sort of uh, hidden identity games... Um, I would also suggest things like uh, Battlestar Galactica, although that's far more time-consuming. Um, Coup is another uh, game in that that um, sort of genre. It's like The Resistance, but it's individual rather than team-based. 
Um, and there is player elimination. The nice thing about uh, resistance is there is no player elimination. So you don't have that moment of, you know, well, I'm out. You know, I got randomly murdered the first night. So <laughs> screw you guys. I'm going to say there was Chad watch. would die uh, in every turn. <laughs> <sighs> That's probably true. Followed quickly um, by uh, Charlie's sister. Yes, it. Yeah, <laughs> I love them both dearly, but you know, the the problem I always run into with uh, the resistance and with coup is it is so heavily based on deduction and bluffing. It's it's a lot more like playing poker. Um, you can still enjoy it if you're not uh, willing to get into that level of um, thinking. Mm. Um, where it shines as a social game is when you have, especially a bunch of strangers who don't understand how each other interact, really getting in there and, you know, start, making, you know, these narratives like, oh, well, that guy did this, and that's exactly what a traitor would do, so he's the dirty traitor. Um, anyway, um, so that, that's that's why I like the Resistance as opposed to Werewolf. Um, Coup is like the Resistance. It's an individual game rather than team-based, and there is player elimination. It's much more like playing poker because... The combination of roles you get um, determine everything that you can do, mm-hmm. and um, if you're, you're you're kind of locked in unless you bluff. And so, for people like me, like a bit more hesitant about bluffing because I'm not a good liar. Um, that said, it's much less painful for newbies than uh, poker. Hands go fast, and the rules don't suggest any sort of cumulative score between hands. So um, you can kind of play, reset, and you're done. Um, if you do try to introduce coup to new people, I would suggest avoiding the Reformation expansion. Um, Reformation adds in um, faction loyalties, which can be switched, um, which is interesting because it's this shifting us versus them feel, but it ends up being a slower and more calculating game. It ends up being a more social game if you can lead them up to it, but it's much more complicated at the outset. Um, as far as direct next games uh, for, for people who are into Cards Against Humanity, um, Obviously, I assume most people know about Apples to Apples, so I, I would, you know, skip that uh, as a suggestion. But if you like Cards Against Humanity for what it is, and you like the social interaction element, I would highly suggest Larson. Um, it's got the same call and response format, but it's much and more And also subtle. with you. Amen. <laughs> and also, with yes, okay. Well, you know what I mean. No, like you, you play a a card, and then you have to choose a card to to uh, to react to it. Yeah. The nice like thing about that. Larceny is it's a game about um, it, it's very themed, whereas Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples are very theme less to a certain extent. 
Um, you're a crew that's trying to uh, commit this big heist. Um, there is a score, um, which is the thing you're trying to retrieve. There are two catches, which can be anything from, you know, a security guard to, you know, a lava pit or something. And every player has to play a fix in response to the catch. So they're not really outrageous or shocking phrases, but the fun comes in the fact that you've got this card combination already on the table and the cards are very subtle. So what you'll find that people do is create these narratives through tabletop. So I think it's a much more creative game. Um, certainly less, um, certainly less brain draining than a lot of, um, cards against humanity like games such as channel a and, uh, say anything, which we'll talk about in the humor segment. Um, I would also suggest if, if you like the, uh, the sort of team play element or, or the, the sort of hidden identity element, um, you might want to look into Samurai Sword or Bang. Um, I haven't played much Samurai Sword, but there's kind of the, uh, hidden team element there. It's slightly more complicated than Coup or Resistance, much less complicated than Battlestar Galactica. Um, and there is that sort of teamwork. Um, and finally, um, just there's a wide range of games that are specifically co-op. And it's hard for me to pick one as the gateway game for new players. But if you like social interaction in Cards Against Humanity, um, co-op games do provide that. They, they also, they're also good entry games for, uh, people who are used to things like D&D, except they don't require, um, someone to actually run the game as DM. Um, And the beauty of them is that in most cases, the experienced players can run the complex AI bits and give advice. And it should be noted, not order other players around because that can happen. So they are, they are simpler to introduce. Um, So yeah, I kind of blew through that. Do you guys have anything to add? Hmm. I'm against Werewolf. You're against Yeah, I, I think a lot of those games kind of depend on... <sighs> okay, so D&D and Resistance and Werewolf all kind of have a similar problem in that um, ah! they're all dependent on ah. everybody's groups. The, the level of seriousness being equal among everyone in the group. Because if Everybody yeah. else is taking it seriously and one person doesn't, then, you know, the people that are taking it seriously are not going to have a good time and, you know, vice versa. So it, yes. it kind of depends on, a- on, you know, like the makeup of, of everyone that's mm-hmm. around. And I think, you know, that that's my criticism of Werewolf, but I think that might actually be a benefit for some people that Werewolf is so unstructured that... You, you have a little more range there. Like resistance, you have less range because if you're not serious, you know, it's just not going to turn out, you know, it's not going to feel decisive. Um, 
if you're less serious about coup, it's it's just going to feel chaotic. Uh, but if you're less serious about werewolf, it can still be an interesting experience because the reason you play isn't necessarily to win. The reason you play is to interact, um, you know, and, and to have the experience. So you're right, and and that's that's also the case with just a lot of co-op games in general. Um, a lot of co-op games force you to be more serious than you otherwise would. Mm. Yeah, so th- I think it's just, and this is you know true in many ways of of just about any game, but just understanding the people that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and like I said, that's the the segment on humor games. I think will appeal. These these are games that I think could appeal to people who enjoy the social aspect, but don't aren't necessarily married to the humorous aspect. Um, when I talk about the um, about humorous games, it's going to be people who play for, primarily for the humorous aspect and don't really want to explore those other modes of interaction like teamwork or bluffing or deduction. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it really, you really want to know your group and, and that's a lot of the point of this series is there's a wide array of options, but if you can tell why someone plays a game and this is true of video games, board games, RPGs, then you can make intelligent decisions on how to broaden their horizon within that genre instead of just saying, oh, this is like this other game. Um, because what you consider like another game, because of the reason you like those games, um, might be different than what someone else considers like another game. True. Um, Screw those guys. Right? But we don't need them. Um, yeah. So we do have a bit of uh, business to attend to. Ooh. Um, we we are the uh, official recipient of all awesome cast uh, complaint mail. I know you're all jealous. That is true. Um, because we don't get any actual mail. Uh, thanks, guys. You know for for listening and not saying anything in way to way to be interactive. Technically, we didn't even get this mail. We had to be forwarded it. Per awesome cast policy of us getting, uh, per awesome cast policy. Yeah, Basil decided per that. Per awesome we cast it. policy. I like to think there's a written procedure somewhere for how to handle this. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a handbook, a 40 page handbook. Um, it's got <laughs> diagrams and everything. It's got a picture of Basil sitting at a computer forwarding the, the, the email to us. Um, but we actually have, uh, audio hate mail. Woo! Uh, that's and fair. through the miracle of uh, computer magic, I'm not going to explain it. Um, we have a way where we can play it on the air. So we're going to do that. So we're, we're going to have story time. So everybody, listen up. Hello, awesome guest. This is Alan Mendez of ReverseThieves.com. I was listening to your podcast, and you did this episode about this little rink-a-dink cafeteria-style pizzeria called Mellow Mushroom. And at first, I thought it was amusing. I'm like, ah, the awesome cast guys, they're not doing anime, they're reviewing a restaurant. How amusing. How quaint. And pizza. Ah, they think they know about pizza. Alright, whatever. Everybody has an opinion. It can be wrong, but they have it. And so you're talking about this place, 
And you're praising it to high heaven. So be it. So be it. The frog in the well doesn't know anything outside of his little pond there. You have your right to your opinion. And then I hear the words that cannot be taken back. Doug talks about the godless north and their horrible pizza. No! That's the step too far. The step over the line. You ignorant superstitionalist hicks think that you know about pizza? Maybe your mouths have been so corrupted by your dirt pizza that you don't understand what real pizza tastes like. I understand. You're ruined. You'll never know what good pizza tastes like. All right, whatever. But do not, do not insult the perfection that is Brooklyn pizza. Do not step into the house of pizza and claim that you know what you were talking about. It just hurts my mind that you can be so ignorant. That you could think that the mecca of all pizza is incorrect. And that your slop, your filth, is actually real pizza. It's like if I went down there and I was like, yeah, this barbecue is okay. But it's not like a northern barbecue. You would try to string me up from the nearest tree. So do not, do not try to pass off your tripe as a real pizza and Brooklyn pizza as some kind of greasy garbage. And do not, do not, do not even think that New York pizza is somehow inferior. If you do not like a Brooklyn slice, obviously you got a little bit of brain damage, but all right. You can get any type of pizza here in New York. You want traditional Italian pizza? You want the quintessence? The root? Then you go to Little Italy and you get a real Italian slice. You want Greek-style pizza? I don't know what garbage you got down here. But if you want actual Greeks to make you real Greek pizza, then you go to Manhattan. You want strange fusion pizza? Manhattan. You want something a little different? New York. Any kind of pizza. We even got the kind of weird lasagna slices that ain't really pizza, but they call it pizza from Chicago. You want that frou-frou friggin' California stuff? You can go here. It ain't gonna be as crazy and frou-frou as California, but nobody wants that garbage. To say that anywhere... In the incestuous South has pizza better than New York? You are out of your minds. Go back to talking about Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy XIV. Stuff you obviously know about. And do not ever talk about pizza on your crazy podcast again. Or else I will have to go down there and show you some science. Because obviously... You and your voodoo and your crazy religion don't understand the actual science of pizza like us in the quote-unquote godless north. Yes, I know that you guys probably just got on podcasting because you thought that the demons inside the internets could get into your souls. But when you actually step outside the little world, you will find out what real pizza is and what real taste is like. So maybe you're going to scrape off the crud on your tongue and wake up to the world. All right. Awesome cast. 
continue to be awesome about things that you know about. Alan Mendez out. Okay, two quick notes. First off, this is the, the, the I will say this is the first time that I think being the uh, the dumpster for awesome casts hate mails paid off. Yes, agreed. Um, and point two, I, if I'm not if I'm not terribly mistaken, he did in fact offer to bring us New York pizza, or at least the awesome cast. He didn't offer to bring us. He brought, offered but, to bring yeah. the awesome cast. Well, but, we can be know. we can find a way to be in their general vicinity when this happens because. Well, he- and this he apparently doesn't understand the the South anyway. You, you know, like barbecue. That's like you know, Kansas City, Texas. You know, Alabama, Tennessee. You don't give a shit about barbecue. Whoa. No, well, the Carolinas. There is Memphis. a there is a there's a Memphis in Tennessee. You gotta uh, be careful. Course, Again, I said Missouri. <laughs> no, oh, but here here's the thing. Like barbecue, yeah. There's there's so much infighting even in the Midwest and South that. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a bad example. Also, I'm gonna point out, you know, he's saying that uh, people there's someone in the South that will string him up for saying this about barbecue. Let's be honest, there's someone in the South who 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 wants you to go back the way you came just because you're from the North. We don't need a reason, a food based reason to dislike you. We're the South. Damn carpetbaggers. <laughs> yes. New York City. It's, it's not that yeah, we don't right. understand Actually, science. Yes. We just don't believe in it. We fear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want some New York pizza now. Uh, uh, I kind of do too. Basil needs to call this guy out some more and maybe we can get some free pizza out of the, out of the deal. I'm yeah, first. I, I do love the typical New Yorker thing that everything that's good in life is already in New York. And then and then calling to and then calling the South out for not traveling outside of its bubble. <laughs> oh I just, like just want to point that out. Someone in the godless north would say. Mm. <laughs> Dan of iniquity. Dan of iniquity. And we got our we got our own den of iniquity right here, and there's a mellow mushroom in it. There is. I can't say anything. Oh, oh, that's good stuff. Them, them, them Northerners come down here and they want to see see the mountains and all the the hicks in Tennessee. So they they go to the den of iniquity that is uh, uh, Pigeon Ford, Pigeon Sevier, Sevierville, Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. Yes. Oh, that, that, whole, that whole hellscape that Dolly Parton's responsible for. Yeah. And then all the Northerners go there for the same reason. It's it's not just the Northerners. It existed long before Dolly Parton. Oh, Uh, Silver Dollar City. Oh, before there was Dollywood, there was Silver Silver Dollar City, and it was awful. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. If if it weren't for Nine to Five, I'd really hate that woman. (laughs) The movie or the song? Yes. Yes. Okay. I wish she'd also gotten into chicken like Kenny Rogers. Right? Mm. That, that, there's there's some jokes to there's yes. some jokes to be mined out of that. Yes there are. And she could have. Imagine the fortune she would be rolling in. 
It would uh, probably be somewhat similar to the fortune she currently has, so I guess it's more of a does. lateral move for her. Yeah, but it would have been funnier. I'll, for I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll be honest. I think we're going to, to this argument because we... I, I don't know how to to drive home the point that the North is godless. I... I don't well, know he, I ne- he never denied to... it. Yeah, you know, he never said, you know, like, God bless you, awesome cast, <laughs> or anything like that. Hey, the, as we all that know, the true. North is just full of those godless Catholics. And liberals. That is true. <laughs> Usually they're the same. And those godless Jews. They're, they're, they're all up there in the North, I'm pretty sure. Whoa, Kevin Sorbo. Easy there. <laughs> Wait, what about Wait. Kevin Sorbo? Hey, hang on, Mel. Hang on, Mel. Nobody see you. Kevin Sorbo <laughs> recently, apparently, oh, since, no. since he's started appearing in so many faith-based movies, oh, no. um, he apparently gave an interview recently where he said something no. to the effect of, "You know why Hollywood doesn't do only, you know, doesn't do much with the New Testament." Uh, Man, uh, you know. <laughs> From I, you know who I don't want to hear that crap from a guy, guy who played a Greek movie. god. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Maybe, maybe I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> Hercules from Hercules. You know why they don't do much with Greek mythology, right? <laughs> oh. oh god! You know how Hollywood doesn't do much with Kevin Sorbo. There's a reason. Because very good. I'm just saying he's gonna be—he's not gonna be remembered for playing Hercules. He's gonna be remembered for playing that atheist professor in that movie about that email forward that you looked up on Snopes. That's false. I—I <laughs> I didn't do any of these things, and I'm not going to remember him for that. Oh, uh, I, I will only remember him as Hercules because. Uh, why? 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 Why remember anything else? It's true. It's, it's just going to make you sad. And let's do you want to be him sad? Yes. Let's. Isn't it a shame how Kevin Sorbo died right after uh, right after Hercules uh, finished finished filming? Isn't that isn't that awful? That is that's sad. What what might have been? How they? I mean, it's, it's, it's total shame that they you know the show wrapped and then like during the party. Bruce Campbell tore out his still beating heart and then ate it. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it's. it's but you know, hey, Bruce Campbell thought he could gain Kevin Sorbo's power by eating his heart, and we've all been there. So I'm not going to fault the man for it. It's just a shame that it happened. What what wonderful gems might Kevin Sorbo have appeared in? A had career it, had, cut uh, short even before its prime. Yeah. It's. I mean, he could have been in burn notice, for all we know. That could, that, that's the thing that could have happened. Could have. Uh, but it didn't. No. Got Bruce Campbell instead. <laughs> because he had all of Kevin's uh, s- powers. Yep. I'm sorry that I, uh, I derailed that whole uh, rant about the godless North. Because it was sounding, you're right, it was sounding too close to... Uh, Sorbish? You know, it was, yes... Gibson Gibson sorbet. Sorbet. <laughs> Kevin Sorbet. Oh. oh man, he should have gone to that business. A Imagine a restaurant where you could get Dolly Parton fried chicken and Kevin Sorbet. <laughs> oh man, they, they would share a building, right? 
Well, obviously, it would be it would be like the it would be like the Taco Bell Pizza Hut or the whatever the hell else they're putting together now. Marble Slab, Great American Cookie, Diabetes. You know, you know what? God, God bless them for that. I, I need to go into one of those. I know there's one in Turkey Creek. I need to go into that and just be like, I want an ice cream sandwich on two giant M&M cookies. Just charge me whatever, but let's get this See, done. See, that is my annoyance uh, to get completely off the rails about any of those combo, like one building, two restaurants. I have yet to see one that actually did any kind of fusion cuisine. You have to do it your damn self. Yep. And that's, that's wrong. Fusion usually means two cultures, not two fast food joints. Okay, cookies enough. and ice cream are two very different cultures. Yes. As are pizza and tacos, uh, yep. Mexican-Italian or something. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Me- Mexican yes pizza Brooklyn. Hut is Italian and Taco Bell is Mex- Mexican. That's, that's what those two places did are. Did you guys know that you can get any kind of pizza in Manhattan? You can even get Pizza Hut. Can you get butt? But can you get Taco Bell tacos on top of your Pizza Hut pizza without doing it yourself? Without doing it yourself in Manhattan, probably not. It's the concrete jungle where <laughs> dreams are made of, though, in New York. So, <laughs> New York, get on I'm it. I'm guessing. I'm guessing, though, for most for most fast food corporations, they're, they're chain restaurants. They don't necessarily want the uh, bad publicity of building like unholy monstrosities and officially putting on the, them on the menu. There may be some sort no, of secret menu they, that we haven't no, worked I, out. No, I don't want a secret but menu. They're not, they're not Hardee's. They haven't, you know, decided that, you know, <laughs> you know, to, to throw you caution know. to the wind and do the, uh, but they should. I want to see, here's what I want to see now. Along John Silver's Pizza Hut combo so that I can get fried fish pizza with the theory being that the diarrhea that the fish would give me would be offset by the constipation that the cheese and the pizza would give me, and thus I would be regular. Yeah, I like it. That's a lot to hope. Yep. Uh, although I, I think we it's actually a roller coaster this, of uh, diarrhea constipation, which it most likely would be. <laughs> I think we actually discussed this at amazing. one point. Like that's a meal you will never forget. The combination, like if you had the combination of Taco Bell and Long John Silver's, then you could have fish tacos. But they're not the kind of fish tacos you want, would want. It's not the kind of fish you would want. It's 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 a bunch of like shredded, processed, you know, greasy, battered fish on top of a thing that is technically called a taco. Like it's. Not the fish taco you would want. Well, uh, we have already established with the advent of the waffle taco that Taco Bell has a very loose definition of what a taco yes. actually is. What breakfast is. Oh. They've decided that you you know what a, you know what tacos could use some of that weird gre- the weird greasy dust that you get from <laughs> uh, you know Doritos that oh I. Oh man, you know how you can get at Long John Silver's those little baskets of just like, ba- just the fried yes. batter. Yes, you can. Because you yes, want you to can. Die. Yes. Imagine that as a pizza topping. If you had. Oh my god! Yes. That what? Hold on! Hold on! Holy shit! Yep, this is happening. <laughs> that but actually I, sounds I, like I something. Tired. Are you I am saying tired of living? <laughs> I Are you tired of living? I want to go. I want to go eating you a know, deep 
I want to eat a like pan pepperoni pizza topped with Long John Silver's crumbs because I'm tired of living. <laughs> oh. I want to go. Domino's. <laughs> I was gonna say Domino's already marketed a bunch of awful pizza idea. in the shape of. <laughs> Or chicken in the shape of a pizza that is oh, pizza so in the shape of undefined. I don't know. Dogs chicken, and <laughs> That is so unclear and undefined. They had to give it the generic name Chicken Selects because I guarantee you there was a meeting. There's a bunch of suits sitting around a, a uh, conference room table saying, "What do we call this?" And they're like, well, "Chicken Pizza." But it's not a chicken pizza. It doesn't look anything like a pizza. It's just a bunch of. I know, we'll call it Chicken Selects. What does that even mean? Do you have a better name? Okay. I'm surprised Domino's had, has not made that poor life decision of selling, you know, um, grease, you know, greasy battered, fried, that, greasy fried battered pizza, that is a fair food. That is like, oh, I'm going to have a, uh, Fried grease ball pizza, f- fried batter pizza, um, and then for dessert I'm gonna wash it down with uh, some deep fried butter. Let's let's be clear though this the the, the 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 epic proportions of this mean that it is not just a fair food. It's not a, just a state fair food. It is a Texas state fair food. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't this... understand what the technicality of that is. Like everything is makes. worse in Texas. Or bigger, or something. <laughs> like any anything you can think of, they will find a way to batter and fry it in Texas. I mean, I'm not saying we're far behind, but 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 there's a level of artistry there that I think few of us could could even even dream of, ma- of matching it. It's it's just it's just it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing you want to steer very clear from. You want to watch other people eat it. You do not want to eat it yourself. You want to watch it like on TV. You don't even want to be in person when it happens. Yeah, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri needs to eat it. Guy Fieri <sighs> is the guy you would expect. Okay, to be okay. This. Let me let me put a show like, to you. This is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And let you me would say. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Let me let me pitch a show to you. It's gonna be a reality show. We'll put it on Food Network. Actually, I think a major network might pick this up. Um, it's going to be called Make Gaffieri Eat It. And <laughs> based on the concept that there They've are foods out the there, there are foods out there that we don't want to eat and that we all hate Guy Fieri. And this puts those two together by making Guy Fieri eat those foods in an effort to kill him <laughs> as quickly as possible. Can Bobby Flay join him on this show? Cause I'd like to see him off. As well. He would obviously be a guest. He would make guest appearances. He would be on the Long John Silver's uh, crunchy fish bit uh, pizza episode, and then they would both. I die. do want to. I do want to point out though, like you, you act like this is is something that's going to be a feat. How long has diners, drive-ins, and dives been going on? Hey, but here's it's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pretty As well that, since. Long since Adam Richmond tapped out of Man vs. Food because he realized what he was doing to himself. But the, but the thing is, diners, drive-ins, and dives, and whatever else he's been on, they've they've been passive. 
There's no one on these shows actively trying to murder Guy Fieri with food. It's just it's just not a thing. It's not been ha- this is it's a it's a it's a slower, more passive death because no one's trying to make it happen. Yeah, there's 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 a distinct level of intent in the show that I'm pitching to you. Make Gaffieri eat it, and see it works on a couple levels. I, I or oh man or may how about, how about make Gaffieri bite it? I don't know some some euphemism that means both eating and dying. Guy Fieri bites the big one. I don't know. There's a we can workshop this. We can make it happen. Hollywood. You know, I think get on it. You know, I think it's so unspecific though. You're gonna come up with a game. You're gonna come up with a name like uh, Domino's did. Um, Guy Fieri selects. What does that even mean? <laughs> oh, that means that we chop Guy Fieri up, uh, batter him, fry him. Stick him in a pile and then put pizza toppings on him, and then serve him at the Maybe Texas State. This is weird. Yep, it's getting weird. You made it weird. It was fun. We were just talking about murdering guys until you made it weird. Did I make it weird? Yes, I am. I'm willing to go out on that limb and say that yes, yes, you did. Okay then. Godless I don't know that we actually answered that piece of hate mail, but I don't know how to answer it. I, I think we've. It was actually pretty nice for hate mail. It was, I mean, by New York standards. It actually was. He offered, you know, he offered us pizza instead of just like, hey, you know, F. Hey, go fuck hey, <laughs> Wait, are you Mario? <laughs> yes. That's the best okay, thing we I can't can do, do. it. We, we can't. Okay, we can't do a New York accent. I'm no, sorry. but I can do Mario. Are you sure that everybody from New York isn't Mario? It's it's a me, Alan Mendez. I'm gonna win. I mean, do we know this for a fact? I don't. I don't know. Have you ever seen Alan Mendez and Mario in the same place at the same time? No, I have I mean, maybe somebody has. Might be a Bruce Wayne Batman kind of situation. There's no God in the North, so there's no you know divine order or anything. Anything could happen up there. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> it's all possible. Once you get that, north, north that of is Mason, an interesting interpretation of the epithet godless. You know, you know what you can't find sweet tea in every restaurant. Once you get above the Mason Dixon line, and that is just wrong. Uh-huh. I'm willing to. I'm willing to say that that is wrong. That is morally reprehensible. Well, it's because you know. God no, was... I, I tend to prefer sweet tea, but I'm I'm going to point out that sugar packets exist for for Dylan. Reason. Dylan. Dylan. I will come through these tubes and fuck you up. Did you say <laughs> what I think you just said? I I'm said sorry. What you think do you often said. put do you often put sugar packets in your iced tea? Have you tried that? Sometimes I will Guy Fieri you. I don't know what that means. You will like I, me even though I'm hideous and unlikable? No, I don't like Guy Fieri. Because that's what he does to diner food. No. Actually, everything on diners. I don't like him because he's like 50 great. and has a you know 20-year-old 90s bro dude haircut. Oh, yeah, he does. But the point is, you cannot adequately dissolve sugar in iced liquids. I the, the, the suggestion 
the mere suggestion calls into question the geography of your birth. I just, what, what I think is rage going on lately? Ah, what? Just, I don't know what to do with you anymore. I don't. I thought I knew you. Oh. This week on Chainsaw Buffet, everything you thought about Dylan will be changed. <laughs> you thought he was from the South. No, he's from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, yeah. Now is probably yeah. not the best time to admit that uh, when someone says I don't sound like I come from the South, I you're like, thank you. Kind of take it as a compliment. And then you ask for a no, package. It's not like a huge compliment. Like people from the South are terrible. Just like, I have a nice generic accent then. So that's, that's, that's. That's important for game voiceover work. True. Which this podcast will, you know, in the, invariably launch our, our voice acting careers. Yeah, we're just waiting for the checks to roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear they're in the mail. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Any, any, any decade now. This any decade now. It'll, you know, that, you know, they say good things happen to those who don't try. They, they that, say that. So that's what I've been told. we'll just put forth minimal effort for the foreseeable future until great things happen. It's, it's a, it's it's a sure so thing. Far. True. We we have come uh, great lengths by doing next to nothing, and I I can foresee us doing next to nothing for quite a while for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah, because because we're pacing ourselves. There's no there's no you know what happens when you have a meteoric rise, a meteoric fall. Yeah, you flame out. Exactly, but we are we are like the turtles in this particular in this particular fable. We we are pacing ourselves. We are actually going to win this race, and we might be mutants and ninjas. I I don't know. I don't remember the fable that well. I'm pretty sure there was a rat that knew kung fu or some shit. Well, it, you know, he he read a book. He read a book. Read a motherfucking book. Not a sports page, not a magazine, but a book. <laughs> um, so we do have one. Well. I'll say, let's say, have we, have we covered everything else? Was there anything else we were going to talk about? I, I got nothing. I think we've covered everything. Okay, because we've got one other bit of news that we need to we need to discuss. Um, Dylan, you and I were in Huntsville uh, this past weekend. We saw Basil and Doug and and a lot of Hamacon people. Um, you want to tell everybody why we were there? Uh, we were there Chicks, because man. we are. What? Nothing, love you. Did you Go. say checks? No, chicks. Well, yeah. No, there were chicks. chicks there. Um, we I derailed are, you. Uh, yes, we are, we are now, uh, I guess officially we can announce we are going to be on staff for Hamacon. Um, I'm going to be running Analog Gaming, and John? I, I am the new director of media. Um... <clears throat> This this came out this came about exactly the way you think it would. Um, Background sometime dealings. during 
sometime during Hamicon 5, because uh, Basil does a lot for Hamicon. He he has many, many hats. His his official title is Director of Awesome. And really, that's just a cute way of saying he does a whole bunch of stuff for the convention. Um, but at some point, you know, one of his hats was, you know, the director of media. And he was trying to schedule interviews, you know, for the guests somewhere in there. And he just, you know, ran out of brain. Like, you know, he had, he had, he had reached peak basal capacity and he, he decided, well, I need to hand this off to somebody, but who can I hand this off to? And apparently I was, I was the guy he decided he could hand this off to. And, uh, really, I think it, it just made sense because, uh, that year, uh, I ended up having to schedule, uh, the interview that we did with, with Jade Saxton. And, uh, really it was just a proposition of, Either I can have a, ne- a neat title and schedule my er- own interviews going forward, or Basil can keep the title and I'll still end up having to schedule the interviews, but I'll do it the hard <laughs> way. And this way, I actually have a little bit of say-so in how things get done. So um, we're really, really honored and happy to be uh, you know, a part of the Hamacon team. Um, that doesn't mean we don't love the other conventions. You know, We still love MTAC and Momocon and, and Anime Blast and all the other local cons. Um, Just a little bit less. Just well, yeah. You know. <laughs> the uh, just happened to be the first to offer us something, which, to be fair, I feel kind of funny because essentially uh, the way I stumbled into this was they didn't have analog gaming this year because the people who did it uh, last year kind of uh, dropped out through, you know, <clears throat> moving and, and some other issues. Um, and I'm like, actually, I. I talked this over with Charlie and Charlie was like, well, you know, when I come down, I could just bring a bunch of games. I'm like, no, but actually this is probably something we should talk to uh, Basil about. And then I and did. It, uh, and then and Charlie, did the shadow worker took care of it. I did. In fact, if you need someone for your, uh, for your convention, Charlie will, Charlie will. If, find and if him. you can, if you can afford him. And if you can, if you can find him, he's not maybe making any money off this. But it is hard to find. Um, I, I, I do t- feel a bit guilty. I pride myself on uh, on knowing people. That that is that is my special talent. I know people. I, I can make any of you disappear. I, I, okay. I know some magicians. Sorry, you'll reappear. Don't worry. It's not. I'm not. I wasn't. Was Illusionists. Not. Well, prestidigitators, whatever you want to call them. Um, no, what I was going to say was. Um, uh, the reason uh, we we didn't set out for this, like you were saying, like it doesn't mean we love any of the other conventions. No, I've I've volunteered a couple times with MTAC and GMX, and never anything on this level. So I'm kind of like, I feel guilty that I'm just jumping up to like this level of you know of running. You've got you've gone responsibility. From... Yeah, you've gone from volunteering to you're a director now. I think that's yes. pretty much how it happens with a lot of people, to be fair. It is, but, uh, um, you know, one, like, okay, just because I've bought a crap ton of board games is not, you know, like, do not do not give me that responsibility. Also, it may just be, like, you know. Well, I do think you're the right person for the job in, in this particular instance. I don't. I, you know, I don't think you're you're necessarily usurping anything from anybody. No, it's sure. more like I am unfamiliar with how most cons work. I 
I'm coming from like, like the best I have is like my professional experience, you know, and things like this, which, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, some people are, are looser about making decisions and some people want to keep like a tight clamp on things. So, you know, um, it is, is sort of the thing I've, I've thought about saying this before, like, you know, offering to some con, like, Hey, just let me sit in your board gaming room and I will run demos and stuff. Cause I actually do enjoy teaching games and, um, going to have to kind of talk about staffing, but that's ideally what I would like to be able to do during the uh, mini con on November 15th. And then, um, during the main con next summer. Um, and, uh, I was going to say it, it, I'm not exactly sure how things are going to run right now, but I've kind of specked out like what I can hope to bring depending on how many people are riding in the car and, and everything. I can probably get a little over 30 games, um, which is most, but not all of my collection. So, um, if anyone out there listening, uh, is going to be at Hamacon Minicon and has a game that they just want to try, uh, tweet at Chainsaw Buffet or at Dylan Wolf or email us at podcast at chainsawbuffet.com and I will, uh, Use that feedback and uh, put kill in you all. Notes to uh, try to try to bring a game if it gets requested. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna have much to do at the minicon. Um, there's not really enough time to really try and build up a huge media presence, and it's a one day event, so it's not it's not like the coverage for that's gonna be big. Um, but if you or someone you know uh, runs a podcast, and I know that's probably ninety percent of you listening. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm working with, uh, the Hamacon staff to get a press application up and going. Um, there's, there's, there's going to be some changes around here as <laughs> anybody who's ever heard us talk about, you know, some of the horror stories from, uh, from different press rooms and, and, you know, people acting unprofessionally and that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to start cracking the whip. And I know that's weird coming from me, you know, uh, on the most unprofessional podcast in the history of mankind, but, um, but he'll get you. I will. I will. But I, uh, please, you know, do encourage, uh, if, if you do have a podcast, uh, come out to Hamicon next year. Um, we're, we're going to work on building our presence and, um, Hamicon's still growing and we're going to have a great show and, if you're somebody I've worked with, I think I think we're gonna have a good time with this. So uh, I definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, and just going back to you know kind of what we were talking about earlier in terms of you know working with other conventions, I know for a fact you know there there are people that are on staff with some conventions that still work with you know like other conventions as well. I've seen them do it. I, I've seen Lauren work with like you know MTech and Momocon and do other stuff like that. So. We're, we're, we're still going to, to work with people as best we can. Um, we're still going to cover them, you know, for Chainsaw Buffet and we're still going to, you know, keep doing the stuff we've been doing. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit different now. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to be running, I think three panels at the Minicon and I'm, I've, I've been told I am, I am on, uh, the panel for another, um, so 
that that's going to be more like me running panels and stuff, uh, some holiday theme stuff. Uh, hopefully that gets picked up and, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be doing a lot of actual directory stuff unless, uh, you know, somebody just needs a hand somewhere. But, uh, anybody else got anything? Mm, nope. Nope. All right, well, uh, Hamicon's the best. Everybody else sucks. Um, <laughs> Want to make sure we get that out there. Uh, Bro- Brooklyn Pizza's the best, unless it isn't. Unless you want something else, and even then, you can probably still get a better version of it in Brooklyn than anywhere else. Um, what else? Jesus loves you. Everybody else thinks you're an asshole. Right? I'm glad you said it because I didn't wanna. That's an that's an old favorite of mine. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess if uh, if nobody else has anything, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, uh, Charlie, Dylan, you guys are gonna be at AWA this weekend, right? Uh, I will not. Be you me. will not. Just okay. Just Dylan. All our Dylan, coverage is Dylan. Dylan, I, so I'm, I'm putting this all on you, gonna, buddy. I will probably end up on the uh, Awesome Cast uh, wrap up if we do one there, which will be Otherwise, done at like 4:30 in the morning after a room party. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm not I'm not planning to do a whole lot of media stuff. I have uh, one panel there, uh, which is uh, Taku Tabletop Gaming on Sunday at 1230. Um, but yeah, I'll probably like, depending on when, when we have a chance to record, I'll probably talk a bit about the con. Um, when, when I come back. All right. Well, sounds good. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Um, again, happy and excited to be involved with Famicom. Uh, still love everybody else. Um, and until then, uh, peace be with you. And also with, um, also with the godless North. Amen. (laughs)